And just like that, Queensland draw first blood in 2020's State of Origin series. Welcome to Steve's State of Origin Game 2 preview show. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Thank you guys for following me on Steve's NRL Footy Tips all season. Today we've got a huge show. We're going to be talking about State of Origin 2. That's right, tomorrow night, 8.10pm from ANZ Stadium. Can the Blues level the series or can Queensland break New South Wales' two years running winning streak and take the shield back to the north of the border. Game one in Adelaide last week, as I said, it was Queensland 18, New South Wales 14. And what a match of football it was. The first half, New South Wales led 10-0 before Queensland scored 18 consecutive points. Uh, New South Wales rallied with a late try, but it was too little, too late for the Blues going down 18-14 in a very shocking, very surprising origin result, and it just goes to show you can never count out the Queensland spirit. Um, we talk about their determination to win and how they understand state of origin more than New South Wales throughout the 40-year history, um, and it's just it's so typical of New South Wales' attitude towards state of origin sometimes. Um, when they are heavy favourites going into matches, you can see sometimes um, their expectations, uh, sometimes they think they've already got the match won, and it basically happened Last Wednesday night, Queensland played very well, don't get me wrong, but that was New South Wales' game to win, especially 10-0 up, and they couldn't take advantage of it. Um, some great performances by Queensland. Kurt Capewell, outstanding in his Origins debut. I thought the halves of Munster and Cherry Evans really controlled the tempo of the game well. And Jake Friends, a lot of tackles and a lot of hard work up there in the middle with guys like Jai, uh, guys like Jai Arrow and Lindsay Collins uh, providing some spark for Queensland as well. So... Um, overall, a fantastic performance by Queensland. And really, we've got a series on our hands now because a lot of people, including myself, thought the New South Wales should be able to take uh, this State of Origin series pretty easily. Um, it was not the case. Um, obviously, we saw uh, that they the Haas really failed to control the game for me. Cleary and Keary, New South Wales, have responded by making a bunch of changes, including Cody Walker, back in the 5-8 position for the Blues like he was in Game 1 2019 um, in a losing effort. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Boyd Cordner also uh, forced to sit out of the rest of the series due to a bunch of concussion issues. There's even talks that he could miss 6-12 to 12 months and many people are within and outside of the rugby league world are calling for Boyd Cordner's retirement. Um, so a lot of changes for New South Wales Hopefully, Cordner doesn't have to retire, but I think sitting out of some games might not be such a bad idea for him. Um, but overall, uh, as I said, we're going to get into all uh, the action tomorrow night. We're going to predict it here on Steve's NRL 40 Tips. It wasn't so well my first match prediction. I tipped New South Wales by 16. I expect a lot uh, closer prediction for myself to make, and I expect a very close game there tomorrow night from ANZ Stadium. But before we get into all that... I'm going to name my greatest Queensland Maroon side of all time. 40 years of State of Origin and 40 years um, of Queensland moments. Um, and I'm going to be trying to narrow it down to Queensland's 17 best players of all time. Let's get straight into it. So just before Match 1 started, there in Adelaide last week, the NRL announced that the fans had voted on the NRL website and app for their greatest State of Origin teams of all time. And they were named... Last week, of course, last week on my podcast, before that, on the Tuesday, I named my greatest ever New South Wales side. It was a very hard list to cho choose. Um, and, you know, remarkably, the teams that their fans named overall and the team that I named 
were kind of similar, but kind of different at the same time as well. There's a few changes there. Uh, we'll see if my Queensland side stacks up to uh, the fans' Queensland side. Um, it's a very hard list to put together when you're putting together the greatest of any side, but this Queensland uh, team over the last 40 years have absolutely dominated the state of origin stratosphere. I mean, you've got the greatest side of all time, basically, between 2006 to 2013, when Queensland went on that unbelievable eight-in-a-row winning series. You've got the dominant Queensland side of the uh, early 80s slash late, uh, late 80s as well. Um, and then the 90s Queensland side, the fighters there, they didn't have too much success on the field, but guys like Alan Langer um, and Trevor Gilmeister all come in consideration in this side as well. So, so many different eras to pick from when picking this greatest Queensland side of all time. Um, but I've tried my best to fit in the all-time greats. Um, sometimes that had to mean shifting the positions around a little bit. But here is Steve's greatest Queensland Maroon side of all time. And at fullback, I've gone Darren Lockyer. Um, you talk about leaders and you talk about Darren Lockyer. He could break a game open at any moment. Um, the whole state looked towards him to lead the side, especially um, in the middle of New South Wales dominance in the mid-2000s before the Queensland side really stepped up and, and took control. And that was on the back of Darren Lockyer. 2006, New South Wales are ahead um, with 10 minutes to go in the decider in Game 3 2006. And Darren Lockyer takes it upon himself to pick up a loose ball and score one of the greatest origin tries and in one of the greatest origin moments of all time. And Queensland go on to win that series and then start their decade of dominance and end up winning eight in a row. And that's all on the back of Darren Lockyer. Um, but whether it was at fullback or 5'8", the guy uh, could lead his team around anywhere. Uh, he was an inspiration to everyone that played alongside him. Never knew when to quit and an absolutely fantastic player around his brain and his creative spark that he had on on any side. And his never-die attitude makes him an easy choice for me at fullback. Um, even in that included putting Billy Slater uh, in another position on my team, who I consider to be maybe the greatest fullback of all time. But Darren Lockyer, one of the greatest competitors of all time. You've got to have him in the team. And I've got Darren Lockyer at fullback. But as I said, Billy Slater... Very honourable mention, Greg Inglis when he played fullback, fantastic. Gary Belcher um, was really good at the back there as well. Um, Wendell Saylor when he played a little bit of fullback there, good performance by him, good performances by him as well. Um, and young Kalen Pongo in 10 to 15 years when his career is all said and done, if he stays injury free and uh, stays consistent and keeps looking to improve his game, um, he could be considered one of the greatest Queensland fullbacks of all time also. So Darren Lockyer is my fullback. Moving on to the wing positions, I have gone, who I just said, the greatest wing, uh, the greatest fullback of all time, in my opinion, Billy Slater. He started his career on the wing. Um, obviously, his, his speed, blistering ability. Um, you can play him anywhere in the park. And really one of the greatest state of origin players of all time, one of the greatest rugby league players of all time. And um, just like Darren Lockyer, goes into the conversation to become an immortal in the future. But you've got to have Billy Slater on your side. I put him on the wing. He can finish better than anyone, anyone even though his you know, main position is fullback. Billy Slater can play anywhere. You've got to have him. You see him. He's on my wing. My other winger, I'm going to go Dale Shearer, um, which is surprising because if you look at the greatest Queensland side ever based on the fans' vote, uh, the wingers were uh, Lottie Dekiri and Wendell Saylor. Uh, they had uh, Billy Slater at fullback, obviously, and, ben and Darren Lockyer on the bench. My side, as you can see, is a little bit different. Shearer was the uh, man that could do anything for Queensland. He played a number of positions there, fullback, wing, centers. He played in the 5-8 position um, in 1996 for Queensland. But 
overall, Dale Shearer was an absolute uh, machine. He always lifted when he put on that Queensland jersey. His club football uh, career in, in club level, it really, he drifted around a lot of different clubs. I think he played for Manly. I'm just looking up in now. Manly, the Broncos, Gold Coast Seagulls, Queensland Crushers, Sydney Roosters, and Cowboys. So he went to a lot of different clubs, not including overseas Shearer, but when he put that Queensland jersey on, a little bit like Dane Gagai, who we saw dominate um, Origin last week, and we've seen dominate in the Queensland jersey for a number of years now. When Shearer put that jersey on, he just stepped up to another level. Um, fantastic try scorer, blistering speed, good defender. Um, exactly the type of player you want in your Queensland team. Dale Shearer is my other winger. Over the likes of Lottie Tahiri, Wendell Saylor, um, Brett Dallas was another fantastic player. Um, Renoff, Matt Singh, even though they're both centers as well as on the wing there. But uh, Darius Boyd, he also he scored the most tries in origin history. You can't really rule him out of contention. But I just had to go Slater and Shearer just because Slater, you've got to put him in your team. And Shearer, as I said, so consistent for so many years for Queensland. Um, he played 26 games over the course of 12 years, 12 tries, 6 goals. As I said, a consummate professional. You could play him anywhere, and you knew you were going to get the best out of him every time he took the field for Queensland. So Shearer um, and Slater are my two wingers. Moving on to the centers, and uh, really these two positions picked themselves. I said we've had plenty of great centers throughout the year, the likes of Renoff and uh, guys like uh, Coyne and and uh, Singh and so many great wingers there, uh, Chambers. But these two players, let's be honest, they... When you think of State of Origin, these are two of the first guys you think of. One of them is Mao Meninga. Um, he played in the first ever Origin. Inspirational leader for Queensland. Uh, captained them for many years. Um, and the other bloke is Gray Inglis, uh, one of the most damaging runners of the football uh, you'll ever see in your life. His ability on the football field, absolutely unbelievable. So Mao Meninga and Gray Inglis are my centres, uh, two of the greatest players of all time. Meninga went on to become one of the greatest coaches of all time in the Queensland side of things, if not the greatest state of origin coach of all time. He is on paper, success record. Um, so you can't leave these two guys out. Meninga, perfect foil um, to Daly, and he uh, was a great partner alongside Wally Lewis there for Queensland for many years. And Inglis, one of the key components of Queensland's eight in a row um, between 2006 and 2013. When you really sit back and look at this Queensland side, I've only named five positions so far, but you just see how many legends of the game have played for Queensland over the last 40 years, and it just speaks volumes to their dominance. The amount of immortals and future immortals in this side, unbelievable. Only five positions named. You could make arguments that, you know, Lockyer, Slayer, and Inglis could all be immortals, and Manana Mavening is already an immortal. So the quality of this side is absolutely unbelievable. When you go to the 5-8 position... In the halves, you could pick so many different players in the halves. There's been so many great playmakers for Queensland. In 5-8, I think there's only one man that you can pick. In my opinion, the greatest origin player of all time. One of the greatest players of all time. He is an immortal for a reason. It is Wally Lewis. When you think of state of origin, if you're old enough, you think of Wally Lewis and you think of what he has done for the game. I mean, without him, Meninga and Beetson... State of Origin doesn't exist, and Wally Lewis, every time he put on that Queensland jersey, he just lifted to another level. You knew you were going to get every bit of skill and energy and commitment that Wally Lewis had to give. He left everything on the path there. He won Queensland so many games thanks to his dominance and his will to keep going, never to quit. 
Um, he's an, he was an absolute inspiration to that Queensland side for so many years, which you could see when New South Wales upset Queensland and upset them. It was on the back of them upsetting Wally Lewis, and MG, the Mark Guy, did that in 1991, and we saw tensions boil over. You met, mess with Wally Lewis, you mess with all the Queenslands. Um, as I said, he was one of those skilled players on the park each time he went out there, and um, he's a deserved immortal. He's a deserved rugby league, rugby league Hall of Famer. My opinion, the greatest player to ever play State of Origin, Wally Lewis. He's my 5'8". Um, if we go over to the halfback position now, and another position, as I said, you can put so many people in the halves. You've got guys like Alan Langer that just dominated. Darren Lockyer um, in the 5'8 position, fantastic. Mark Murray for, for Queensland in that those 80 years, 80s sides alongside of Wally Lewis. That partnership they made... Was unreal. I don't think Mark Murray gets enough credit for his contribute uh, contributes contributions for Queensland throughout the years. Um, but in my and Cooper Cronk, as I said, during the the eight year run, Queensland had the greatest Queensland side of all time, the greatest state of origin side of all time. Cooper Cronk uh, just had so many clutch moments, field goals, um, kicking out of touch, setting up tries. He was an absolutely outstanding player, Cooper Cronk, and we saw when he went to the Roosters that he could do it across multiple clubs. Just a fantastic uh, competitor, Cooper Cronk. But obviously in the half-back position, just like Wally Lewis, he's one of the greatest rugby league players of all time. You've got to have the mean that some people uh, think is the greatest rugby league player of all time. I think many people think he's the greatest rugby league player of all time. He's probably number two for me, and that's Jonathan Thurston. Everything that he's done in the game um, was highlighted during State of Origin, which is the you know the pinnacle of the sport, whether they like to admit it or not. State of Origin provides the greatest performances in rugby league history, and Jonathan Thurston's unlike no other. I mean, every time he put that Queensland jersey on, just like Wally Lewis, he lifted to even another level, um, which was you'd think would always be impossible for the amount of contributions that Thurston made to uh, first grade club football. But man, him and Kronk, as I said, their partnership and him with Lockyer in the early days of that eight in a row run, whenever he needed the clutch play, Thurston was the man to pass the ball to. Um, his goal kicking, absolutely outstanding. Won Queensland a few games there in his last Origin game in game two, 2017 at ANZ Stadium. He kicked the match winning goal with about three minutes left from a dang dang or a try. Um, but really, field goals, uh, setting up tries, fantastic defender as well. Um, maybe not as good as Andrew Johns, in my opinion, at defence, but he was always competing in every single play. He never knew when to uh, never knew when to quit. Always stayed in the fight. Another one of the game's great competitors, Jonathan Thurston. What else is there to say about him? He's one of the greatest players of all time. The things that he could do in the football field couldn't be replicated, and um, he really continued to evolve the halfback position after the retirement of Andrew Johns. So uh, Jonathan Thurston, one of the greatest players of all time. Got to be the halfback in this greatest Queensland side ever. All right, moving on to the forwards now and another bunch of positions that was so hard to pick. Um, so many great players in the forwards for Queensland over the years, but in the front row position, um, I've gone the combination of Shane Webke and Petro Sivanasiva. Now, Sivanasiva um, played some of the most origins of all time. Uh, absolutely outstanding player in his day. Um, and, you know, he was the man if you needed a hit up Give it a Steven receiver. He was straightening you out and straightening your attack out. And um, great defender, great competitor. 33 games for Queensland. Absolutely outstanding effort. 
And then Shane Webke, one of the hardest players I've ever seen play in my life. In the 2000 Grand Final, he played with a broken arm for the Broncos. That's in folklore near 21 games for Queensland over the course of six years. Um, but yeah, he was always there to lift this Queensland forward pack and get them into the fight. Um, one of the best props I've ever seen go around. Shane Webke, in my opinion, has to be the other prop in the greatest Queensland side. I don't even think he is in the greatest Queensland side for the fans' votes um, that they named last week. But I think it's an absolute outrage because I don't know if I've seen a harder competitor than Shane Webke in my years to watch rugby league. Obviously, the big omission in the front row is Arthur Beaton. Um, he's in the side. Don't worry, we'll get to the bench. He'll definitely be there. The inspiration for State of Origin, he really set the tone. Without Arthur Beaton, there would be no State of Origin. One of the greatest forwards of all time, without a doubt. But he did only play one Origin match, and if we're going off the greatest State of Origin team of all time, you've got to have Beaton there, but I prefer to go guys that played for a long period of time and were very successful in their positions in State of Origin. So that's why Beaton's on the bench there. Um, moving on to the hooker position, there's only one man that you could possibly pick, and that is Cameron Smith. I mean, there's been some good hookers over the years for Queensland, but Cameron Smith, uh, the most origins of all time, probably the greatest hooker of all time, one of the game's great competitors again, a future immortal of the game. Um, he makes 40 to 50 tackles a game, and his football brain, his brilliance to create something out of nothing, absolutely outstanding. Um, he loves a little kick behind for one of the bigger forwards, uh, or the, the crash over play. Uh, Cameron Smith, he's, he's got a brilliant mind for football, 42 games for Queensland, um, and he was one of the main reasons that the Queensland went on that eight years in a row dominance. He, in the early 2000s, 2003, 4 and 5, he went through a couple of uh, state of origin losses there as a Queenslander, but uh, the more that they lost in those years, the more fired up and the more uh, angry he became and the more dedicated he became to make this Queensland side a powerhouse. And without Cameron Smith, there is no Queensland's eight years of dominance. So he has to be um, in the side, and he's my hooker uh, without a doubt, even though there's been some good ones over the years for Queensland. Moving into the second row now, um, and another position that was very hotly debated. So many great forwards for Queensland over the years, guys like Gary Larson, uh, Gilmeister, Gene Miles, but for me, I've gone the combination of Paul Vorden and Gordon Tallis. Um, Paul Vorden, a lot of people these days know him more as a uh, as the host of the footy show uh, when it was airing and one of the voices for Channel 9's coverage of rugby league. But he was an absolutely outstanding player in his own right for Manly um, and the Eastern Suburbs. But in Queensland, another player that went to an extra gear in Queensland, the amount of work that he did at the forward in those late 80s, um, Sides and early 80s sides, absolutely outstanding. I mean, if Wally Lewis, Meowmaninga and Co, they needed to forward to run the ball, you'd always count on Paul Vorden to be there. Never gave up, had a hell of a motor, Paul Vorden, and became one of a, a great story in Queensland history when he led their 1995 side um, that was full of unknowns to a 3-0 whitewash over New South Wales. Paul Vorden, absolutely outstanding player, and he gets one of my second row positions. The other player... Um, Gordon Tallis, well, you knew what you were going to get when it came to the players known as the Raging Bull. I mean, all you need to see is the passion that he brought to each state of origin he played in, um, whether it was dragging Brett Hodgson over the sideline, getting sent off, um, and putting the finger to the New South Wales fans in Sydney. He played 20 origins over the course of nine years, and um, 
in each one of them, he really made an impact. Um, such a such a damaging hitter. Um, he his defense was outstanding, but uh, he's always good for making a lot of meters, could create a lot of opportunities. I think one of the underrated parts about Gordon Tallis' game was his attack. He could create tries, he could score tries, um, and he always had a certain passion um, for playing for Queensland, and you could see it all with his performances on the field. So impossible to make a greatest Queensland side of all time without leaving. Or if, great, impossible to make a greatest Queensland side of all time leaving Gordon Tallis out. You've got to have him in your side. So... In the lock position, another tough position uh, for me was the other two players, Bob Linder um, and Corey Parker. I've got to give it to Linder. I mean, the amount of clutch plays he had in the lock position, he made 30 to 40 tackles a game. Fantastic runner of the football, but he's known to score a try or two. And uh, for many years, he had the record for most appearance for Queensland, most tries by any forward in state of origin history. So... Bob Linder, all the respect in the world, he's got to be there, and that's why he is my lock. Moving on to the bench now, and as I said, a great Queensland side. There's so many legends in that team. Pretty much they're all legends, and this bench is no different. I've gone Arthur Beaton, Steve Price, Corey Parker, and Cooper Cronk, all players that were unlucky to miss out on the side. Beaton, we've already gone over. He was the creator of a state of origin. He really ignited the rivalry between the two states, and he was an absolutely outstanding player. Uh, for many years before State of Origin, he got his chance to lead his state uh, in the first ever game, and the rest is history. Steve Price, just like Shane Webke, one of the game's hardest competitors I've ever seen. Fantastic run of the football, great defender, fantastic competitor, and um, I think he's got to, got to be there. Uh, Corey Parker. Fantastic Origin player in his own right. He played many Origins during the eight-year dominant run that Queensland went on and um, underrated for his footwork and his running of the ball, but his defense, he was kind of like the Nathan Highmaster of Queensland for so many years. He did so much work, and um, you've got to have him. And Cooper Cronk, as I said, one of the most clutch players uh, in State of Origin history. Fantastic playmaker. His work alongside Lockyer, Slater, uh, Smith, and Jonathan Thurston in particular. Uh, a stuff of origin folklore, and I just had to put him ahead of Alan Langer, um, Cooper Crocs. So that is my greatest state of origin side of all time. I've gone an 18th, 19th, and 20th man, and that's Alan Langer, Trevor Gilmeister, and Gary Belcher. All very unlucky to miss out on this greatest origin side of all time. Just to recap, Steve's greatest Queensland side of all time, at fullback Darren Lockyer, on the wings, Billy Slater and Dale Shearer. In the centres, Mia Meninga and Greg Inglis. In the halves, uh, in the halves, Wally Laws, Jonathan Thurston. The front row is a Shane Webke, Petro Steven Asiva. The hooker is Cameron Smith. The second row is Paul Borden, Gordon Tallis. The lock is Bob Linder. And on the bench, Arthur Beaton, Steve Price, Corey Parker, and Cooper Cronk. Next week, we'll be back with my greatest ever origin side of all time, state of origin side, but combining the two teams. Who makes the side? Find out next week on Steve's state of origin game three preview show but now let's get it to all the action let's preview tomorrow night's huge game state of origin 2 between queensland maroons and new south wales live from anz stadium all right and state of origin action continues with game two tomorrow night live from anz stadium at 8 10 p.m the queensland maroons travel to sydney to try to win the series then and there versus the new south wales side still reeling from a defeat Last Wednesday night, and what a game this is going to shape up to be on the tab. New South Wales, heavy favourites, just like in game one. They're actually paying a little bit less, $1.30 to force a decider. Queensland, a $3.60. 
And really, I think those odds are outrageous for Queensland. The amount of heart they showed in Game 1 was unbelievable. I mean, I picked New South Wales by 16, and Queenslanders had a bit of, bigger motor than New South Wales. They wanted it more um, in the halftime speech. Whatever Wayne Bennett said to them at halftime completely lifted them to a new level. They came out fired up in the second half after not being able to score a point in the first half and pretty much embarrassed New South Wales because... Kurt Capewell, AJ Brimson, and the Haas really ran wild for Queensland. And they're going to get a hell of a lot of confidence um, out of that second half performance last week. And they're going to be red hot and ready to go to try to wrap this series up tomorrow night. So New South Wales are going to be have to be at their absolute best if they are to withstand that. And honestly, it looked like New South Wales players were tired. It looked like they were sick of being in the bubble. It looked like they wanted to go back home to their family. It's been a very long season. Um, and... All these players are obviously tired and exhausted, but I think Queensland handled a lot better last Wednesday night, and New South Wales are going to have to find a way to get some motivation um, and really get physically into the contest if there's any chance tomorrow night. So we'll see if Brad Fittler's changes um, are going to bring that, and uh, let's look at them. Let's look at both teams right now. As I said at the start of the show, both teams have been forced to make several changes. The key ones are for Queen, uh, for New South Wales, and that is, of course, Boyd Cordner having to sit out the rest of the series for New South Wales, um, obviously after another head knock last weekend. Um, wasn't good to see. I mean, he, he struggled off the field. He came back on, but for the long-term health of Boyd Cordner, he's got to sit out, and uh, the 6-12 to 12 month proposition of him missing the 2021 season might not be the worst option. He's only 29 years old, I believe, and he's got to be thinking about life after football, and nothing's more important than your health after uh, your long-term health and your health after you play the game. So he really has to think about his future, but I'm sure he'll be cheering New South Wales on louder than anyone. Uh, Angus Crichton comes on to the starting lineup for him. Wyden and Gufson uh, were caught out multiple times in the centres defensively for New South Wales. They both kept their spots, but Luke Keary in the 5-8 position, him and Cleary really failed to control the game last week. He's been dropped. Cody Walker's coming to the 5-8 position. Interesting to note that he's 0-2 in State of Origin matches, um, but he did get a try assist last week and set up a good try there for the Fox late in the match. He only played 20 minutes, and he had more try assists than both Keary and Cleary combined. Um... So I think he's going to add that necessary spark. And then we've got a whole new look bench for New South Wales. Payne Huss is coming to the starting side with Daniel Saifidi dropping back to the bench. And Isaiah Yeo, Dale Finucan, and Nathan Brown have come into the bench. Obviously, um, at the expense of Cam Murray, um, who got injured um, last week after his first run. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of him. He'll be back stronger the next year. But I think this bench for New South Wales, Finucan, Paulo, Brown, Yeo, Sorry, Paulo dropped back to the bench, not Saifidi, who was one of their best forwards. But Finucane, Paulo, Brian, and Yeo, these guys add so much aggression and so much pair off the bench. Yeo knows how to break a game open. We've seen it multiple times with Penrith this year. Finucane, Paulo, and Brian, they're a big forward pack. They bring that grunt that New South Wales needs and the way to get physically into the contest. For Queensland, um, Valentine Holmes comes back from suspension at the expense of an injured AJ Brimson, who was fantastic last week in his State of Origin debut. And um, Kirk Capewell remains in doubt. There's doubt whether Philip Sammy will still be in the side. Uh, Jaden Sewer has come into the starting side. Colin Hess has been dropped for Queensland after a little bit of a disappointing performance. And uh, Dominus Luai will start in the front row after Christian Welsh's injury. So 
Fodawaki gets his spot on the bench there as well. So plenty of changes for both sides. Um, as I said, Queensland are going to be carrying the confidence that they can win this series tomorrow night into Sydney. Uh, can New South Wales get some energy and some motivation? Because I've got to be honest with you guys, I was watching State of Origin last weekend, uh, last week, last Wednesday night. It didn't feel like an Origin match at all. I don't know if it's because it's at the end of the year and obviously this season and 2020 in general has been such a long season and a long year. But uh, there was no atmosphere, um, really, that could have been Adelaide contributing to it. There was no intensity. There was no big hits. It felt like the players were just going in, in through the motions. And um, really, after watching 40 years of State of Origin, it's probably one of the worst State of Origin matches I've ever seen in my life. So I'm hoping for a bit, bit more of a contest now. Not that last week wasn't a contest. It was very close on the scoreboard. But that usual intensity just wasn't there for me. And uh, I think New South Wales, with this new look bench, I think if they're going to win or win this match, it's going to be the back of guys like Fanukin. Junior Paulo and Nathan Brown making his origin debut because those are the guys that are going to upset Queensland's forward pack and hopefully make Queensland uh, make a few errors. That's a very important part of the game, but make no difference, uh, make no mistake about it. The big part for New South Wales and the key component for them winning this match is on the back of their halves. Cleary and Cody Walker. Cleary has seemed since the grand final and in that grand final um, that, that, that he's a bit been overwhelmed by the occasion that he's a little bit tired he's had the uh the pressure put on him um since the finals for Penrith and he just has not responded um he needs some help out there and I think his composure and his kicking game I just think he needs to go back to to focusing on what, what works for him picking his moments but really going off the back of the forwards and controlling the game with his kicking let Cody Walker try to break this game open and clearly just needs to pick his moments very well when he runs the football because if Cody Walker can do what he does for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the regular season and really um, pick his moments when to run and really bust this game open, Cleary can get it on the back of that and get his side in the tacky range based on the forwards, get some attacking kicks in there and really make a difference in his origin because he's now played, what, six or seven games, I think it's six games for New South Wales since 2018 and yeah, the Blues won both series but Nathan Cleary has has his defence has been good, but has he delivered in attack in any of those? Maloney was the main man the last two years. Last week, him and uh, Cleary really failed to control the game. So, for his origin career and for his future, if they lose this game, uh, New South Wales Cleary is going to be the scapegoat, and he really needs to step up or he needs to take a step back for New South Wales. He's a fantastic player. He's the best player in my opinion in the world at the moment just based on his NRL season. But Cleary, it's all do or die for you this week in terms of being in this New South Wales side and for your own headspace. Um, I'd love to see a great performance on him. And New South Wales really uh, rest in Cleary's hands. And that's one of the reasons why I think this game's going to be so close. Munster and Cherry Evans, don't forget, they are the Australian halves. They know how to control the game very well. And their forward pack last week, uh, led by Jake Friend, led, led by Papali, and led by Felice Kafusi, really stepped up and um, overachieved a lot of people's expectations and really got Queensland on the right foot and let guys like Munster, Cherry Evans, Gay Guy and Capewell, let them get into the game because their forward pack were doing such a good job over the New South Wales forwards. I mean, 
Tino was fantastic. Junior so uh, Jaden Sewell was fantastic. Cohen Hess had a quiet game, but he's the other side. But in comparison, their meters that they gain compared to guys like Frizzell and Jake Tarojevic, who in, in Tarojevic's def, uh, defense, he was doing so much tackling that um, his attack just got a little bit neutralized because he made 50 tackles. But those guys, those experienced members of the New South Wales forward pack, really need to step up and take leadership and really give it to these Queensland forwards because Queensland just got over the top of them especially in that second half, and they just got a roll on. I think when New South Wales were in a 10-0, they thought the game was over. But this Queensland spirit, if you've seen State of Origin over the last four years, you know that uh, 40 years, you know that Queensland is not going to give up. They're going to stay in the fight. They're going to try to wear New South Wales down. And when they did that, they got back to the game and through some brilliance by guys like Gagai and uh, Kirk Capewell and Brimson, they just had too much energy, and they just wanted more than New South Wales. New South Wales are at ANZ Stadium this game. They've got everything to play for them. There's going to be 40,000 blue fans behind them. If they're not going to perform this game, they don't deserve to be the State of Origin Series. They've got all the reasons in the world to come out here and really take it to Queensland, but they need their forward pack to step up to do so. And I think uh, I think it's going to be a close match tomorrow night. New South Wales, as I said, they've got to feed off the energy of the create. They've got to start well and really take it to this Queensland team and then maintain that because they started well last uh last origin and they couldn't maintain it they they proved they didn't want it as much as queensland but this new south wales side they're going for free origin series in a row do they want to decide her up in suncorp next week they have to want it more than queensland and brad fittler's got to get them fired up and ready to play um, out there tomorrow night so i'm expecting this game to be close very back and forward it's going to be one off the forward pack and whether the hearts can control the game and as I said in the halves, I actually give the the advantage a little bit to Queensland just because they are the Australian halves. But I think Cody Walker is the key um, to getting the best football out of Nathan Cleary. Not expecting Cody Walker to be in the match tomorrow night. I think the Blues win this match by four points and take it to a decider next week up in Suncorp. Who knows whether they can win three in a row, but I think this New South Wales side was embarrassed last week and take nothing away from Queensland because it was a fantastic, typical Queensland performance last week. But New South Wales on paper should have won that game. They're going to be better this week. They're going to win this game by four points uh, per my prediction. All right, so New South Wales by four points is my prediction tomorrow night at ANZ Stadium. I hope you guys enjoy the game. Last week, my best of the week didn't go too well. We're going to have a little bit of a go to end this show here this week. But remember, please, if you haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast, wherever it be Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google, Anchor, anywhere you guys listen to it. Um, just looking at the the bets here, uh, the the odds, and uh, as I said, Cody Walker, my prediction for the man of the match. He's paying seven dollars. Damien Cook seven fifty. I think the Rabbitohs boys, if we are to win this game, Damien Cook was easily New South Wales' uh, best player last week, in my opinion, other than maybe Daniel Saifidi. But I think that if Walker and Cook at the forward pack get going and they get room to move, that they could break this game right wide open. And I think seven and seven dollar fifty are good odds. So jump on them for players of the match uh, as the first, as in the first try scorer. Cookie got it last game. I think he was paying about forty one dollars. Would love to be on him. This game, um, if you go on tab and you look at the odds right now, I've got to say I still. The centers let me down last week, but I think that they're good for a try. Gufson's paying $13. I like that. Wyden's paying 12 bucks. I expect them to respond well, and I think that the centers are still very good value for New South Wales scoring the first try. 
If not, um, if you want a little bit more, a little bit more of a roughie, Angus Crichton, twenty-one dollars. He's taken Boy Corden a spot. I think he could have a huge game uh, for Queensland. Um, just looking at the odds here, I think Xavier Coates. He's pretty hard to go past in twelve dollars, and Valentine Holmes at sixteen dollars. He's a try-scoring machine in State of Origin. I believe he's played five State of Origin matches and scored eight tries. Now, of course, all of those were on the wing. He's playing fullback, but don't be surprised if he shifts out and floats out to the wing when Queensland are attacking tomorrow night. So uh, if you're looking for a punt, the centers for New South Wales, Wyden Guffo, Crichton um, in the second row for the Blues, for Queensland, Holmes, and Xavier Coates. New South Wales are paying a dollar thirty for this bet, so if you're gonna for this match, so if you're gonna go um, a bet in this one for the match, I think that uh, New South Wales one to twelve are the uh, uh, is the way to go. They're two dollars eighty now. They could come out and demolish Queensland. Queensland with their fighting spirit, I don't see that happening under Wayne Bennett. I think if New South Wales win this game, it's going to be a tight one, even in Sydney with their home crowd behind them. Um, I've tipped them by four points. I think New South Wales one to twelve at two eighty is the bet to go. Um, and that's it. That's my best of the week. Hope you guys get some success this week and uh, hopefully the Blues level the series. So next week's an exciting episode. And as a as a Blue, I bleed blue. Um, so let's uh, let's get on with it. Let's hope New South Wales can get the job done. And I'll see you guys next week on Steve's State of Origin Game 3 preview. Enjoy State of Origin 2. Let's go Blues. <laughs>